Today is Offering Sunday. Y'all ready? Y'all know what we came here to do. (laughs) All right, so welcome to Highlight Church, and uh, we're going to have a good old time together. I don't plan to be with you long. Um, Maybe, maybe not. Um, No, I actually don't. I don't plan to be with you too long, but I do have a message I want to kind of preach or share uh, before we take up our offering today. We're in a series called Maximum Capacity. Has this series been a blessing to you and your faith? It's been good? Good, good, good. And so the heart behind it is is we want to trust God with all that we have. We believe that trust leads to transformation. Trust leads to transformation. So uh, we are two years old as a church, and we're making it an annual tradition to bring our offering around this time of the year, uh, a little bit before Christmas. And uh, we want to we wanna bring our offering to, to Jesus before we take it to Target. I said I wouldn't mention this, babe, but I'm going there because they stuffy this morning. We got to wake up. So I was out yesterday. This isn't part of my uh, message, but I'll share it because I got to wake y'all up. Y'all are like, when am I going to give my money? I'm ready to go home. This is a depressing Sunday. So we're going to wake y'all up. Is that okay? Can I wake you up? Y'all looking all uptight. Anytime we talk about money, y'all get tight. It's probably your first Sunday, and you're probably real tight. Like, I knew it. I knew it. I saw it online. Look, someone already walked out. I'm playing. I know you're not walking out. You're checking on your kids. No, man, so I'm out. And you know, it's raining cats and dogs, even though you never see cats and dogs falling from the sky. It's raining, and uh, it's super cold. So I'm like, all right, um, I'm going to get out today. I'm going to get out. Uh, The road should be nice and clear. I need to stop by Target um, because fruit packs there for my baby are uh, two times more inexpensive than they are at Whole Foods. So I need to get to Target. There are these fruit packs there, and and they're cheaper. So I'm going, and the first thing I hit is rain, and it's cold, and make that first turn outside of my uh, neighborhood, and it's traffic. It's traffic. People are everywhere. And the closer I get to Target, the thicker the traffic is. And so for me, I like to go up on the third floor. There's no one ever on the third floor parked on the third floor. I get to the third floor. There are no parking spots on the third floor at Target. Why? Because everyone's there. Why? Because everyone is giving their money to Santa before they give it to Jesus. (laughs) Y'all still stuffy because y'all not laughing because y'all tight. (laughs) And we're talking about offering today. But no, uh, we're going to make it an annual tradition uh, every year before Christmas to bring our offering. And I promise this message is going to become a whole lot more spiritual as we go on. So um, welcome to Highlight Church, everyone. Let's celebrate. All right, so it's pretty much, uh, it's a reminder to put God first at the end of the year as we enter into the new year. And uh, I believe as followers of Jesus, and I'm not talking to non-believers today, so don't feel forced to give. Um, Don't feel as though you have to give. I'm I'm talking to people who uh, claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This is who this message is for. If you're here and you're not a believer, we're so glad you're here. God loves you, and you can just simply enter into his grace and his presence today and 
enjoy everything that's about to go on. And I believe as followers of Christ, we ought, to do, we ought to be known for giving above and beyond. We ought to be generous. The Bible says that for he who was rich became poor so that you could become rich. And uh, Paul was talking about Jesus in the book of Philippians. Um, have you ever heard of the three magi? Show of hands. Three magi. Uh, nicknamed three wise men. Right? They came and they saw baby Jesus. And um, Who's going to be here for Christmas? Yeah, good. It's going to be a good time. Good time. Um, it's going to be good time, y'all. Um, so the three magi, they, they showed up. And um, actually, I don't mean to burst your bubble. But, you know, the, the nativity scene where, they, where we, we buy the nativity scenes and some people are ultra, like, sensitive. So, like, black people buy black nativity scenes. Gotcha. You're laughing. Black people buy dark-skinned nativity scenes and Spanish people got to buy Spanish nativity scenes. And look, he's not white. He's not black. He's not Spanish. He's Middle Eastern. He's Jewish, okay? So... I'm going to burst your bubble even more. So I'm not bringing our nativity scene. They're too dark, okay? Um, and I'm not bringing yours. They're too white. And they have to be around like, maybe he was darker than me. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm so off track, man. Oh, my God. I'm running out of time. I'm, I'm tired, y'all. I'm just ready for 20. Come on now. I'm ready for 2019. And so anyway, I got you laughing. So we're on the same page. Great. Anyway. So I don't mean to burst your bubble, but the wise men, in your nativity scene, you have um, Joseph and, and Mary, and you typically have the shepherds and baby Jesus in the, in the little uh, stable and a trove. If I taught you about the trove, you'd be like, oh, my God, how is he a king? How is he God? Blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about that uh, during Christmas. Um, then you have uh, the shepherds and the three wise men. Um, don't mean to burst your bubble, but the three wise men were not there when Jesus was born. They came about two years after. Okay? So. The three wise men. So uh, the, the magi, the three magi, um, this was a, uh, a group of scientists and astronomers uh, that was founded by the prophet Daniel, uh, 500 B.C., so about a little bit over 500 years before Jesus came on the scene. And the prophet Daniel, when the children of Israel were exiled from, Bab from, from Jerusalem to Babylon, then Persia came and took over Babylon. So they were under uh, Persian control. Uh, Daniel, this Jewish man, he assailed to become the most powerful man in all of Persia, and he served right under King Cyrus of Persia. How many people, how many of you know that uh, no matter where you are in life, as long as you are a child of God, as long as you operate in excellence and in character, God can elevate you uh, to great levels of influence. So he was elevated to the second most powerful man in all of Persia, and he started this order, the order of the, the Magi. And he said, he taught them about the Jewish king, the Messiah. The word Messiah means anointed one or sent one or he who is set apart. And he said, God, the God of the universe, is going to communicate to you through the stars um, when the Jewish Messiah comes, when the savior of the world, when the king of the world comes, he's going to communicate. So for 500 years, this order of magi, kept their eyes on the stars. And eventually Jesus was born, and the star led them east towards Bethlehem. And it stopped over where he was born. 
And so the three magi, they leave Persia. So these are non-Jewish men, um, they, but, but they're seeking the true God. So they leave Persia, they head over, and the first person that they meet is a guy named King Herod. All historically documented. It's not just uh, fantasy myths from scripture. This is a historical book. It's factual. They meet King Herod, and they also meet the leading priest in Jerusalem. And so they ask, they say, hey, we're following this star, and it stopped in this area. It stopped here. Um, have you heard of the Messiah, the king of the Jews? And so the leading priests are like, yeah, it, there's a star, and it's going to lead you in this area. But they didn't care to go and see Jesus um, because they, they were more so focused on running a religious institution. Um, they didn't care too much about life change and about salvation and about people being free. They wanted to run their programs and their organizations and all this, so on and so forth. King Herod, though, a very cruel and evil and paranoid king, he was set in place to be the king of the Jews by the Roman authorities. King Herod was actually not Jewish. He was a Moabite. Um, history tells us that King Herod had political leaders assassinated. King Herod had religious leaders killed. King Herod also had his wife killed and his mother-in-law killed. King Herod also had his three sons killed because he was paranoid that someone wanted to take his throne as the king of the Jews. And so the three magi show up and they're like, well, the Messiah's here. He's here somewhere. And so King Herod says, okay, um, keep looking for him. If you find him and when you find him, Come back and tell me where he is. I want to worship him. But God being so sovereign as he is, um, God warns the, the Magi. He pretty much tells them, don't go back to Herod. So they go and they see the baby. They worship the baby. And they come with gifts for the baby. Very expensive gifts, mind you. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And uh, you know that it's about two years later because as you read the narratives, it says when the Star first appeared two years, and then it was two years later. And it also says that the three magi entered into a house. Jesus was born, okay, let me burst your bubble again. Jesus was born in a cave, not in a farm. But the translation of the stable there is a cave. So he was born in the cold of the desert night in Bethlehem. But the Bible says they entered a house, which tells me when they entered the house, little Jesus was probably playing around somewhere, making a lot of mess. Can I also be honest? Uh, I know Christmas is a tough time of the year. And so uh, we got all these Christmas songs and, you know, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that your baby boy? Doo -doo -doo -doo. Can we just lay that song to rest? Mary knew. All right, got you laughing, cool. <laughs> Mary knew, okay, that her boy was the Messiah, the Christ, God. She knew it all. She knew that she wasn't with a man and Holy Spirit and all that stuff, okay? She knew. And, and we paint the Christmas picture to be all, I wish you a Merry Christmas. No, Jesus came out and he was crying. And it was a mess. So Christmas... For a lot of people, it's messy, and it's, that's why we need each other. That's why we need community. At any rate, so they come, and they worship baby Jesus. And so we're going to pick it up here in Matthew 2, 
Um, like I said, this, this doesn't have your typical sermonic structure. So if you're sitting there and you're like, Pastor, come on, you, you're the man. You, you, you're much better than this. I don't have any notes today. So I'm really just, <laughs> we're in a danger zone. I'm just going like we're sitting down and I'm like, okay. All right, we're ready? All right. Okay, Matthew 2, 9. Ash is loving this. Ash is ready to give. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen uh, in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. So they made it up in their hearts that they wanted to worship the king. And uh, they didn't come empty-handed. So when they start, saw the joy, saw the star, it was, number one, joy at first sight. Joy at first sight is our first point here today. I wonder, as you prepare to bring your offering here in the next, say, half an hour or so, um, are you joyful about it? Are you joyful? I believe that the quality of your holiday season this year is going to be determined by what you give, not what you receive. And are you joyful? You know, like when, you, when you've applied to, to all those colleges and all those schools, and yeah, yeah, my girl here just got uh, accepted to a few schools. Congratulations. I'm so, we love you. Don't be going nowhere now. I know the schools you, you got accepted to. Stay here. Sorry, that should have just been between you and I. But like when you get that first acceptance letter, right, or, or when, you, when you've gone through multiple interviews and, um, no callback, no one, no offer, no offer, and you finally get that offer. It's joy at first sight. If you're here last week, I told you the story about uh, how Pastor Kyra and I got engaged, but I went even deeper and I told you about how I purchased the ring. Then I went even deeper and I told you how much the ring costs. Then I went even deeper and told you I didn't even have the money for that ring because it was on sale when I came back and it wasn't on sale anymore and I needed more money to get that ring. That ring was $140 that we got engaged with. And that's not funny <laughs> because you feel sorry for me. But when she woke up to a ring in her face and a man saying, ba baby, baby, will you marry me? It was joy at first sight. And you can go on her Facebook page right now and look, and it's there. How many people went and looked at her Facebook page last week? Okay, well, the story wasn't all that good then. Go <laughs> and look. It is not a real diamond. You will get a lot of joy from it. You'll know it's 140 bucks. It's on Instagram. Oh, you, you removed it. Okay, it's on Insta. I'm engaged, y'all. It was joy at first sight. And the reason it was joy is not only did they find the Messiah, the sent one, the king of the Jews, not only did they find their king, but they found their source. They found their source. They found God in a bod. They found God in a two-year-old child. So they saw it as an opportunity to not just have an encounter with God, but to actually give God a gift. Oh, Lord. That they knew that whatever the size gift that they gave, they would never be able to pay him back for the gift of salvation and the gift of eternal life. But they came with a full hand 
And they found not only a savior, not only a king, not only an anointed one, but they found God, their source, the source of their breath, the source of their strength, the source of their success, the source of their knowledge and their wisdom, the source of their transportation. They found the source of everything. The word source means the beginning or the start. They found the source. And so when, when that star led them to uh, the baby, it was joy at first sight. And uh, Colossians 1.15 says this here. It says, ooh, Jesus, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. King of the universe, two-year-old child. I don't, I don't know what I would have, man, I would have. That, that would have jacked me up. You ever, whoever saw Paul the Apostle, the movie, show of hands. Okay, please, bless your own life this Christmas. Don't watch Passion of the Christ. Put away Charlie Brown. No, go watch Paul the Apostle. I'm going to burst your bubble again. Great movie. The best part is the last three seconds. Historically, Paul, the greatest preacher to ever live and all that, he gets his head chopped off for the glory of Jesus. The Emperor Nero, all, his, all history, the Emperor Nero chops his head off. He's persecuting a lot of Christians. And in the, in the blink of an eye, Paul is dead, and his, he, he dies on, on earth. He opens his eyes. He's in heaven. And the, and the first thing you see, you see all these people that Paul led to Jesus Christ in heaven. Ooh, Lord. And then you look up the, the hill. You see there's a hill, and there's a man walking down that hill. And that man's Jesus. My wife will tell you, we were jacked up for like 15 minutes straight. Because I can't wait to meet him. Oh, Lord, I can't wait to worship him. I can't wait to kiss his feet. I can't wait to give him a hug. I can't wait to sing to him. I can't wait to lay prostrate before him. I can't wait to, oh, Lord, thank you for salvation. Thank you for setting me free from addiction. Thank you, Lord, for my wife and my beautiful children. Thank you, Lord, for this church, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I can't wait to worship him. I can't wait to worship him. This is why church, for me, I don't know about for you, it's not a trivial thing. Because I understand that it has eternal implications. The three magi understood that whatever they were bringing him, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. It's gonna, whoa, they brought that much. Whatever they brought him, it had eternal implications. So it was joy at first sight. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. And it says this here. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see, the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. This is something that King Herod did not understand that the Magi understood. This is why the Magi were perfectly fine with having a king and not being the king of their own lives. 
Are you the king of your own life or is Jesus the king of your life? Who's the king of your life? Who's Lord? Who's ruler? Who calls the shots? Who owns the money in your pocket? Who owns your emotions? Who owns the position that you currently work in? Who's the king of your heart? Who's the ruler of your life? Who, who owns it all? It is through Christ and for Christ. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. So it was joy at first sight because they had an encounter with God himself. And today, that's the opportunity that we have. We have an opportunity to come before God and simply say, this is only one way of many ways that I can extravagantly thank you for being so good. Matthew 2.11 says this here. It says, um, they entered the house, there it is, and saw the child with his mother, probably uh, climbing on her neck and all that. God climbing. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is the question this morning, or this is the point of encouragement. Give a full hand. Give a full hand. So they gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So frankincense, these are all symbolic. If you're, anyone taking notes? If you're taking notes. Frankincense is symbolic of a priest. A priest is someone who stands in the gap. So in Genesis, you remember Adam and Eve, the serpent and the snake, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They disobeyed. Sin happens. God said for, and the day that you do, you will surely die. The word death, and I'm going to talk to the people that are paying attention. The word death in the Hebrew means separation. They disobeyed God. Separation occurred. And there was even prophecy there in Genesis that um, he said that the serpent will strike your heel, but the, the baby from the woman will crush the serpent's head. That was a messianic prophecy or foretelling about Jesus. So Jesus was beaten brutally before he got on the cross, struck the Lord's heel. But when Jesus died and got up from the grave, he crushed the serpent's head. Because the Bible says that the power of Satan is sin and death. The word sin is an archery term. It just simply means that you've missed the mark. So Adam and Eve missed the mark. And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin is death, separation from God and everything that God has planned for you. So the Bible also calls Jesus our high priest. So Jesus came. He was born to stand in the gap between God and man. Why? Because we cannot get to God on our own. You can give a million dollars to Red Cross. You can open the door for old ladies. You can do cancer research. I know that's funny for some of you. You You can do all these different good works. You can go to church. You can become a superhero at Highlight. But it doesn't mean that you're saved. It doesn't mean that you're right with God. It's only faith in Jesus Christ that makes you right with God. And and Jesus is the bridge. We can clap for that. And Jesus is the bridge between us and God. He's the bridge. So they gave him frankincense because he was a priest. 
Then they brought myrrh. Myrrh is representative of death. Why? Because Jesus was born to die. The wages of sin is death. The wages of our sin is we die outside of Christ. Hell awaits us. So Jesus had to be born so that we would not be separated. We put faith in him. We enter into a relationship with God the Father. I know this is more of a teaching, but is it good? Anyone know about the frankincense, myrrh, so on and so forth? No? All right. That, that's worth my time waking up, right? But then it was the gold. The gold symbolizes divinity and kingship. So they understood that he's a priest, this baby. He was born to die, but he's also the king. He's the king of kings, and he is the lord of lords. And he controls everything. So they brought him gold because gold symbolizes divinity and kingship. And we don't know how much gold, but I will say this. Historically, if it was a brick of gold or bricks of gold, a brick of gold is worth $325,000. So if it was a brick of gold, they would have get given the equivalent of $325,000 to Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus. And so today, me and Pastor Kyra, we have um, we went through our checking we went through our savings, and um, I was in Nashville, and the Lord, <laughs> I won't give you the amount, but the Lord was very specific when he spoke to me, and I was enjoying my shower up until that point. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. Um, I was enjoying my shower, and he said, this is what I want you to give, because I already had an amount in my mind, and... and um, you, you, so, you know, week two of the series, Maximum Capacity, we taught you to build an emergency savings, <laughs> three months of expenses. Well, we're going we're gonna to be working hard to build that up next year. Um, we're coming with a full hand and a full heart today. The Magi came with a full hand, over a quarter million dollars to this kid that they were only going to spend an hour with. And so today I'm praying that you brought a full hand. Um, I, I, I've been in prayer specifically for $1,000 offerings, 10 grand, 20 grand, because for a handful of you, you wouldn't lose sleep. Pray for a dollar, pray for five, 10, whatever you can give to maximize your capacity today. But as we learned last week, when Jesus asked Philip to feed 15,000 people, and Philip said, where are we going to get the food? We, we could work over six months, and we still couldn't feed 15,000 people. The Bible says that Jesus had a plan. So I'm more fearful for you that if you don't come with a full hand, full faith, full joy today, that you miss out on the plan of Jesus for your life in 2019. Jesus has a plan. He's just asking you to obey and to trust him today. So don't, don't give what you can't give. 
Don't give what you can't give. This is how you know you've reached your fullness. When you look at the amount you could give and you say, okay, I can do a little more. I can do a little more. I can do a little more. <laughs> and you keep going and you're like, I could, but I won't have joy there. When the amount matches the fullness of your joy, that's what God is calling you to bring. If you're giving less and your joy is not filled, up it a notch. If you've reached that max and you're like, I'm no longer joyful here, bring it down. We've come with a full hand today. I remember standing on the stage last year the same weekend. We had given $13,000 as a church. Uh, this year, I mean, Jesus. This year we've, and I said, you know, I don't believe $13,000 this year. Yeah, and I don't believe, go back and listen to the podcast. Essentially, if you were here last year, this is the same message for offering weekend last year. And so I said, 13000 I said, I'm believing for 20 plus, 25000 in outreach next year. To date, we've given $25,000 in outreach this year. And so I'm going to go on record and say this. I'm believing for 50000 next year. 10% of every dollar goes to outreach in this church. Because God has a plan. God has a plan. I preached it much better last year, too. <laughs> I need to. Matthew 2, 12 through 13. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. God is so good. And it says this here, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child. Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And this is so true. God is so strategic because um, when Herod realized that the Magi were not coming back, he issued an edict. He said, kill every male boy two years old and under. And we know at this time Jesus was two years old. The gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh were enough for the family to live off of for two years in Egypt. Herod dies three years after Jesus leaves for Egypt. So what the wise men gave did three things for Jesus. It provided, it protected, and it projected. Is your giving going to provide for the good news to get out? Is it going to protect the vision of this church? And is it going to pro project the gospel out further into the city? Is, is it going to do those three things? Let me put it to you in other terms. Do you want to maintain what we're doing here, or do you want to multiply? Last year, this church, 100 and maybe 10 people sat in this room. This room was cut in half gave $13,065.88. This church is almost tripled in size. We've multiplied. 
Now the question becomes, do you want to be, become a part of what God is doing in this city? Your family has been blessed. You have been saved. You have been set free. You found a church home. You've been growing in your faith. Do you want to maintain this or can we multiply starting today? And this is what we have an opportunity to do. I just, I ask myself, like, Lord, will, will our giving, me and my wife and I, does it represent the fact that we value broken homes being healed? Does, does my offering represent the fact that in 2020, we, we want to send out missions team all across the world? Does it represent the fact that we want to feed the homeless? that we want to see teens who are suffering from substance abuse addiction, does, it, does my offering today represent the fact that we value teens being set free? Does it value single-parent homes where there are four and three and five and six children, and they're just trying to, trying to figure out a way to get that next meal? Does it represent the fact that we value mothers who need refuge with their children because they're fleeing domestic violence? Does, does, do we value those things as a church? Understanding that when we value those things, God blesses us immensely in return. And so before we take our offering, I want you to pay attention to the screen because you guys are getting sleepy on me. Hopefully this wakes you up. Pay attention to the screen and let's see what your giving is going to do, what it has done and what it will do. Come on, let's celebrate that church. got more work to do. Matthew 25, 31 through 40, as you begin to prepare your hearts. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, now this is grown man Jesus talking, (laughs) and all the angels with him, uh, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. Um, This is the day of judgment. It says this here, all the nations will gather in his presence, and he will separate uh, the people as shepherds separate the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats on his left. Uh, Verse 34, then the king will say, the king, (laughs) to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom. It says this here, prepare for you. From the creation of the world, it's going to be a new heaven, new earth, prepared by Jesus himself. Verse 35, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, they just, they got lost and generosity you see this and this is the reply and I believe we're going to be a part of this group it says this Lord when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothes when when did we ever see you sick or in prison or visit you and the king will say I tell you the truth when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters You were doing it to me. So that's what y'all are doing. 
And now we have a chance as a church to take it to a greater level this morning. So it's time to trust God with all that we have. And now I want to give you some time to prepare your envelopes here on your, on your seats. We have the maximum capacity offering envelope. This year we upgraded. We got a frame around it. <laughs> Told you I'm ready for Christmas. And uh, we have a card on the inside. I'll walk you through this. If you could go ahead and fill out your information for us. Hey, babe, when you and Jay are ready, come on up on stage with me, please. And in that f first box right there, this is your maximum capacity offering amount. Today we're giving above and beyond our normal giving. Come on over, son. You're shy. You went behind the table. <laughs> you saw that? <laughs> on that next one box there, it says, I'm committing to tithe in 2019. And uh, we talked about that earlier in the series. If you want to uh, get off to a great financial start in 2019, maybe you want to commit to tithing in 2019. The tithe is the first 10% belongs to God. It's a principle. It's not a law, but it is a starting place of trust. You can practice that. Put God first in your heart. And um, then that third box says there, I am believing God for. I am believing for. So I believe when you sow a seed like this, you ought to attach a word of faith to it. What do you believe in? for in 2019 for some of you it could be a spouse or healing I don't know our word for this year is multiply thank you multiply so go ahead and fill that out we also have ways to give so maybe you're giving a check or cash today but if not you can give online highlight.church hit the invest tab or you can give by text. I believe it is 84321. I got that right. Beautiful. And um, Jay, it's funny. I was talking to Jay last night. And I said, man, how much money you got? And he told me his amount. And he, yeah. He told me his amount and... Uh, I said, well, how much are you giving? And so it was, it was impressive. It was good. And then Judah looked up. He says, $8, $8. And it's funny because Judah has more money than us now. He says, you need to give more. So we're also going to honor Judah. But Judah would probably be like toddler Jesus if he were up here all over the place. So Judah's and kids. But anyway, um, Jay, why are you giving today? Well... I feel like giving is a way to show that you really believe in Jesus and that um, you're giving your life to him, knowing that he will provide for you. Amen. Amen. That's good. Love you, man. Love you. So good. Well, it's that time. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And after I pray, I'm going to have my directional team come up first. We're going to get up today and actually bring it to the altar, put it in the basket. 
and um, I'm going to pray, and our word is multiply. Record your word so someone can hold you accountable and encourage you uh, in 2019. And uh, after the, the directional team comes up, we're going to have everyone else, whenever you're ready, just come up and drop your offering. You can even stand right here and pray over it right before you drop it. This is your time of worship before the Lord. All right, Father God, we love you and we honor you. We give you all the praise and the glory. And God, we once again, we just thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to give. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, blessing us throughout the year of 2018. God, I lift up these offerings to you, Lord, um, the trust that is in this room. God, we're believing for so much in 2019. God, we're, uh, we're praying for, once again, our homes and our families. God, we're praying for breakthrough and healing. God, we're believing for promotion. We're be believing for miracles, God. We're believing that you're going to clarify our calling in 2019, God. And I pray, Lord, that as we step up in trust and in faith, that you would honor. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for forgiveness, God. And we thank you, Lord, that a new year is upon us. And so, God, we just ask that you would meet us at this offering basket, that you would speak to us that you will honor our giving as we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.